1: I'm Patricia Nelson, a reporter with the FT's Working Careers Desk. I'm recording this podcast from the FT Weekend Festival, a day of talks and debates featuring academics, authors, comedians and our top FT commentators. These are all incredibly accomplished and successful people, but what advice do they have for young adults just starting out? What do they wish they had known before they went to university? Hi, my name is Gillian Tett. I'm a journalist with the Financial Times. I oversee the editorial content in America. There are three things I wish I'd known before I went to university. Firstly, if you go out to any parties or bars, make sure you drink as many glasses of water as you do of alcohol. Believe me, you will be grateful later on. Secondly, be friendly with absolutely everybody because you never know where they're going to end up and you will change, they will change and one day you may actually want to be friends with them even if you don't think you do initially. And the third thing, most important thing, is follow your passions. Don't feel that you have to go with a crowd and become an accountant or lawyer just because everyone else is doing it. Well, if you do want to do it, do it. But follow your passions. It's so important. And not enough people will tell you that.
2: I am Phil Wang. I'm a comedian. Break up with your boyfriend or girlfriend. Don't stay together. Leave behind everyone. Your love is not special. There's a wider world out there. And you should be- take full advantage of it. Also, join some societies. Don't, I guess don't feel... It, it's, it's, um, it's, likely, uh, it's possible to feel imposter syndrome at university, that you, didn't, you don't deserve to be there. Um, I guess y- you should be aware that everyone feels that way. Either have a balanced experience or really excel at something. But don't be mediocre at one thing. If you're going to be mediocre, uh, be mediocre at a bunch of things so you at least have a full experience. Take more chances... Be a little more reckless than I was. There's plenty of time to heal from accidents.
1: I'm Claire Barrett and I am the FT's personal finance editor. It took me a while to go to university and I think that would be the biggest advice I could give to listeners. Say, do you really know why you want to go to university and what do you want to do? Because, of course, when I went, it didn't cost £9,000 a year in tuition fees and grants were available. And I was very lucky, I think, in that I chose to study English literature, which is a subject I really liked. If I was going back to university today, I don't know if I would do the same subjects. So if you make a mistake and you want to switch courses, it's now financially consequential. The other thing that I wish I really had known um, before I went is how valuable it was to get work experience while I was at university and especially in the first couple of years when the academic pressures were slightly less. I didn't get involved with the university newspaper until my second year. If I'd got involved in the first year and I had more time, I would have been able to do a lot more reporting. And I was in a position where I perhaps could have become the editor at one point, but by that point I was thinking my degree studies is taking up more of my time and I need to really focus on that as an investment, getting a good result than being the editor, which was something that I really, really desperately wanted to do and hoped and dreamed of becoming. So I guess I'm very lucky that I managed to fulfil my wish at the FT decades later.
3: I'm Benedict Allen, and I'm an author and an adventurer, or so-called explorer. I was very unusual. From boyhood, I wanted to be an explorer. I had a very clear role model. My dad, who's a Vulcan bomber test pilot and so i thought i want to be a pioneer i want to be someone like that and the trouble is that i didn't know how to do it so i suppose i did i made the right choice of degree which was environmental science but i was in a way biding my time and i i had to try and make my dream a reality and that was the problem how on earth do you become an explorer how do you make that a living so I was very directed in that uh, I went to university, absolutely clear about how I was going to end up. It was a question of working out how I was going to end up there. So a lot of my friends, my students' friends, they were a little bit lost, I suppose, and they were just trying to enjoy themselves being students. Um, For them, I think they found it a bit strange that I was already so set on what I wanted. But university gave me a chance to uh, gather a few more tools, I suppose. Uh, I went on different expeditions while at university, uh, but essentially it gave me time to to think of a strategy and I thought oh maybe the army maybe I should be an academic uh, but before university uh, I don't know I didn't have any doubts at all and maybe that is a, a problem in itself because it's quite good actually to have doubts it's confusing and bewildering and, and not very nice to have doubts you think oh no uh, the world is too difficult but uh, in my case I was probably too certain because uh, I wasn't questioning on this extraordinary career that I was set on and It took me years to
4: make a living out of it, Uh, and essentially I just had to hang on in there for 10 years until I was better known. My name's James Crabtree. I used to work for the Financial Times, and I now live in Singapore and work at a university there, and I've just written a book about India, where I used to live. And I suppose what I wish I'd known immediately after university is that the decisions that you take early in your career are actually really not that binding in where you might end up, by which I mean that... I have moved rather incoherently backwards and forwards between journalism and public policy. I've worked in think tanks. I used to work for the British government, and it's actually pretty easy to move back and forward between different professions. There is a sense, I think, particularly as you're just exiting an undergraduate degree, that the decision that you take at that precise moment uh, has huge effects on where you're actually going to end up in ten or twenty years' time. And, and increasingly, I came to believe that that wasn't true. That Um, you could chop and change much more easily um, as long as you had a kind of broad sense of what you wanted to do and what you were interested in and what you were passionate about. Um, You could move back and forth between different careers and you didn't have to go and start in one place and keep going there for the rest of your uh, rest of your life. I mean this is going to sound very obvious um, but the old cliche about it's not what you know it's who you know um, the evidence really does bear that out that in the end if you want to move between professions uh, or Uh, not just between companies but between big areas of activity then what matters is developing a wide network um, that encompasses lots of different areas of having weak ties that go across, I don't know, banking, media, the law, whatever it is you think your area is going to be. Those are the connections that are going to allow you to shift. Um, The the thing that catches people is that they get stuck in one area and they don't have any connections outside that, so they go deep far too early. And so you end up in one profession um, and you make all of your connections um, in that area. That's actually true for journalists as well, the reasons why many journalists find it quite difficult to leave newspapers over the course of you know the first half of my career I guess I'm 40 now so about halfway through um, that most of the thing, interesting things I've been able to do have come from knowing people a number of hops away from where I happen to be those are the things that allow you to move both between institutions and professions in a sense and I think that's you know that's fun Um, I mean we hear a lot about the death of the job for life um, but this in a sense is what that means in practice
5: My name is Martin Wolf. I'm the economics commentator of the Financial Times and I have been doing this since 1996. Well I think the answer to that question is nothing That um, I, I already knew that university was going to be very exciting intellectually rewarding as it turned out to be for me I was at Oxford for six years changed me very profoundly intellectually, I didn't want I'm sure I didn't want to know what was going to happen to me. And if I look back on my life, uh, now this is uh, 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 more than 50 years ago, uh, Most all the ex- pleasure and excitement is out of, comes out of the things you never expected, uh, that you live into the future, and the future is unpredictable and unforeseeable. So I'm really very happy I didn't know more. Uh, when I was 18, I think I would have found it very frustrating to to live through anything that I already knew.
4: I'm Brooke Masters, and I'm the opinion editor of the Financial Times. I wish that I didn't have to make choices quite so early, that to stay flexible. I agonized the whole first year about whether I was in the right course, and whether I was planning the right future, and, you know, tried to get everything all lined up, and have everything set for four years hence. I wish I had taken more classes that had nothing to do with my major. I you know, I just wish I had relaxed and enjoyed it.
6: I'm Simon Cooper. I'm a columnist with the Financial Times and I went to university 30 years ago next month. Well, the thing I regret most is spending too much time in the college bar with other people moaning about stuff. And hours and hours passed. It was an immense waste. And there were so many more interesting things more interesting people and the work is if you get into it is so fantastically interesting it's the time in life when you're freest just to absorb interesting stuff i wish i had no arrogance i know that already i know what i think i wish i'd listen better to my peers i wish i'd listen better to the academics so learn to listen before you go just shut up what you think is not interesting just listen don't waste time with people you do not not that interested in because it has no benefits. And the work, if you, the more you do, the more interesting it gets. Every hour makes the next hour more interesting.
7: I'm Jamie siskin I'm a barrister and the author of Future Politics, Living Together in a World Transformed by Tech. The, the first people you meet aren't necessarily going to be your best friends, so don't worry about it. And don't get too caught up in trying to go to the parties that everyone is expected to go to. Rather, try and find the people who you're going to forge close connections with and who are still going to be with you for decades afterwards. I think you maybe identify them by doing more listening than speaking. I think when a lot of people get to uni, understandably, they want to to tell their new friends who they are and where they're from. But it's as important to listen and to drink in all of these incredibly different people from backgrounds that are completely unlike your own. And often just sitting in a group of interesting people and just listening for hours on end was some of the funnest things I did at university. Hi, I'm Henry Mance, and I'm a political correspondent at the Financial Times. I did a two-year master's degree um, after my undergrad, and during that time I I worked really hard to, to do all the coursework to make sure I got the best possible master's degree. And I feel that in retrospect, what I wish I'd known is um, that it didn't actually, you know, matter so much whether uh, what precise grade I got. What mattered was that I understood what I was interested in, and I focused in on that in a way that was going to be useful for the jobs market afterwards, or was going to at least give me a sense of the kind of jobs I wanted to look for. So I felt that I did um, too broad. A selection of subjects and that probably i spent too much of my time during these two-year masters just just trying to get on top of lots of things and get to the bottom of uh, lots of topics that i was were never really going to form part of my career afterwards so i just wish i'd had a bit more understanding of what the careers were afterwards available I think there were, for a master's degree, um, there's definitely the opportunity to take time after your undergrad to to go and try out a couple of careers or a couple of companies uh, and then to use that and to to inform the type of master's you choose and then the modules and I think I wish I'd done that. I think going from an undergraduate degree straight to a master's, it, it sort of risks it just being a repeat or just kind of series two instead of... Um, a, a really different experience which is uh, aimed at uh, sort of shaping you in your career rather than just sort of more sort of general human f- uh, formation, which is kind of what I felt the undergraduate was.
0: I'm Robert Shrimsley and I'm a columnist and the editorial director of the Financial Times. The one lesson I've always wished I'd learned, and I have to say I still haven't learnt it, is the ability to shut up. Um, I'm very, very bad at keeping my mouth shut when something's on my mind and when there's something that I really feel the need to say. I'm a nightmare in committee meetings or meetings of any kind because I always butt in with what I want to say. And one of the things I always admire, and there are colleagues at the FT who are good at this, are the people who can sit very, very quietly for most of the meeting and then come, or the conversation and then come in with one absolutely devastating point which carries immense respect because they don't spend their whole time mouthing off And I have to say, I have tried at various various stages of my life to be that person, and it normally lasts for about 15 minutes. So the one thing I wish I'd learnt is the one thing I still wish I knew how to do, which is shut up. I think in all walks of life, it's very, very easy to be the person who talks, and much harder to be the person who listens. Um, But you gain more from listening, Uh, you're a better person from listening, and Also, when you have something you really need to say and you really need to be taken seriously, if you are a person of relatively few words, people pay more attention to it when you do speak.